I'm Ron Algar-Watt, and this is More Bits. This is a conversation I had with photographer, writer, and voice actor Amanda Smith. I've known Amanda for almost 10 years now, but we've only started writing together relatively recently. Since 2013, we've co-written and co-produced two radio plays, and she's made regular contributions to my sketch comedy podcast, Sarcastic Voyage, and my Star Trek review podcast, Post-Atomic Horror. Also, she's my wife, but I'm not sure that's particularly relevant. Anyway, my, my general stance is not to use the word, not because I don't agree with it, not because I don't support it, mostly because I don't want to get into the conversation and... Mostly because I feel like I should just shut up and let the women talk. Well, that's not that's not a bad place to come from. I mean, and I'm certainly not saying that men should be excluded from the conversation. But when you do get a big room of people talking about women's issues and it turns out, oh, they're all men. That's that's not great. No. And when I first of all, this conversation is going to largely steer clear of politics as such. But I did just want to sort of gloss over the 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 general like we want to talk about women specifically women how they're represented in entertainment so sort of one of the lesser battles not not really the big you know uh wage equality and and how rape victims are treated and abortion like we're gonna we're not gonna talk about any of that stuff we're gonna talk about women in entertainment that is pretty much it just because i'm not qualified and i try to keep this relatively light and i don't want to i don't want to do it and honestly, I mean, I am certainly familiar with feminist thought and writing and speakers and that sort of thing, but I'm not even of the people you know the most qualified to talk about that. True. Um, but uh, we do talk and think a lot about representation for women in uh, modern culture. And while that might not be the biggest battle, I think it is important and it's worth talking about because, I mean, I know when I was a little kid, it was a big deal for me to read about heroic women or to see them in a movie about a hero's journey and it not being, it was someone who was like me. And that was, it was, it was very powerful when I was younger. And it's possible because the default is always the hero's going to look like me that I don't think like I have the luxury of not thinking about it. It's a privilege thing, but I looking back, I honestly didn't think about it that much. Like I would not have not read a story if the, the like if the main character in the wizard of Oz had been a, a boy singing about over the rainbow, I wouldn't have like, it would have been exactly the same to me. It wouldn't have mattered. Just like if the main character in never ending story, either the kid reading the book or Atreyu or both had been girls, it would not have, like, I just wouldn't have thought any differently of it. But that's because, again, I have the luxury of not having to think about it. I absolutely did think about it. And when it came up, it really affected me. Um, I mean, I have very fond memories and uh, of books and movies that I saw when I was younger that had a real impact on me. Like, for example, The Paper Bag Princess, which is like a stupid kid's story about a little princess who realized that she didn't need a guy in her life and could handle things on her own was it was very very powerful for when I was younger well that's good and like I say again I think because I have the luxury of every character looks like me I've never really thought about identification like I don't really 
when I look at something, I don't look for the character who looks like me. Maybe because it's just given that there will be one, maybe? Or, it, I don't know. Like, I just never really think about... I don't need a character that's like me to enjoy something. I don't need a character that's like me to enjoy something. Like, there's definitely things that I enjoy that are sort of boy stories or uh, that just don't have anyone like me in it. But when the pool I have to choose from is so limited... Well, yeah, and you're obviously going to notice it more. Um, but I, like we said, as as the broad picture goes, ha ha ha. Um, Jokes. Th- yeah, not intentional. I caught myself in mid terrible pun? pun there. Um, but no, as as the bigger picture goes, this is not the most important battle. But I had a conversation with with Bob, uh, uh, my friend Bob, who co-hosts or, or who exclusively hosts uh, a podcast of his own. You're just used to everything being in twos. I well, it usually is co-hosting, and he often refers to his show in sort of the we, just to be gracious and not to make it all about him. He says we here at at the uh, the optical blah blah blah. We did this, we did that, and I forget. It's it's mostly just him. Um, but we were talking when all this Gamergate stuff was go- like really not not that it stopped, but when it was at its peak, when it was really first starting and, and everyone was talking about it and the whole not all men thing and all this stuff. And he's just like, what can, what can I do? Like, I feel like. And this is this is Bob asking you. <laughs> well, no, he we were just the two of us were just sort of like, oh, what, you know. He was confiding in me. He wasn't asking me so much as he was just like, man, I don't know what to do about this. And because like me, his he he recognizes stepping in and trying to fix it himself is not going to like like mansplaining it is not going to help. Oh, no, ladies, you you just be quiet and be good and we'll take we'll, care we'll of take these it, bad yeah. guys. It, it's he took the approach I took, which is the, the women are talking, shut up and listen. And we, you know, we learned a lot, especially with that whole not all men thing. Like I really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. But in any case, he's like, yeah, but what what do we do? And I said, look. This is on a on a tiny tiny level. We we operate me more than him. He's got a fair listenership. I I have some listeners, but we operate on a on a small scale. But we do create media. We are responsible for making things and putting things out in the world that people hear. And you guys are both um, putting this out to an audience that is not. I'm not going to say it's mostly male. But you're talking about uh, parts of society that tend to have a higher percentage of men than women in it. Well, yeah, we both of our shows, you know, skew toward geeks like my my shows and his show skew toward nerds, which tend to, you know, be more male. And that's cha- I mean, that's changing. That's changed changing. tons in the last 10 years. Oh, we've but... seen that going to Emerald City five years in a row. We've gradually watched it change and change and change, which is cool. And with even with with uh, gamers, it's it's coming like you're yeah. we're hitting parody now. But right. you do like, I mean, on a show about Star Trek or on a show about uh, special effects in uh, movies, mm-hmm. you're going to tend to maybe have more more of a male listenership. Right. And what I said to him, I said, this is the way I see it. And again, we're on a very small scale. I do not want this to come off as self-important because it's not like you're oh, I'm changing, changing the world. No, I'm not. I'm making some <laughs> podcasts. You're a hero. Mo- yeah, I would like well, I would like to say right now that you are a hero. I'm not God. <laughs> but. What I am saying is people do listen to the things that I say in various forums. I do have people's attention. One thing I can do is try not to make it worse. Maybe try to make it better in my tiny, tiny way. And so on the Star Trek show, we try to have 
female guests on. We try to talk about how they treat the female characters and look specifically at how they treat, you know, like Counselor Troy was a bit of a mess who was in love with every boy and then they fixed her and made her a little more of a badass and that was better. And Beverly is a mother who is, is a all. mother of mother, 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 right. mother. But, but it turns out she's also a terrible actor. So that <laughs> like they tried to give her more and it didn't take. It wasn't entirely the writing. But in any case, we try. On, on Sarcastic Voyage, my sketch show, I try to write as strong female characters as male characters. I try to be more aware of two guys in a room could be two girls in a room. It could be a guy and a girl in a room. It doesn't have to be two well, guys. Because a lot of the times it, it doesn't really matter all that much. No, if there's a specific impression, yes. Even when uh, you've been writing some stuff sometimes, I've noticed where you're like, yeah, okay, it'll be Jordan and Jeff, whatever. It doesn't matter. I was like, wait a minute. No, this could just as easily be Jocelyn and Jennifer or Jocelyn right. and Jeff. It, it doesn't matter. Right, and... Between that and this show here, trying to, to talk to female guests, uh, uh, our next, the troupe we're having on, is actually an all-female troupe. And I, I just did that thing that they do in comedy. This next act is actually a woman comedian. That's uh. not what I mean. I mean, I'm trying to to be, you know, inclusive to try to, to showcase everything that's out there and not make it a boys' club as best I can. And we've been uh, very fortunate uh, to work with Danielle Yes. Who does? She's actually making a real change in the real world, which makes me feel ashamed of myself. Well, we'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to her. The abs, you are absolutely right. Um, but but <laughs> oh, she's making a difference. <laughs> what I told Bob, I said we we in a very tiny way can influence or at least help influence people's opinions. If you can do anything on your show t to have more female guests to talk more about. You know, I mean, maybe because he's covering a very specific time in history. And so it's hard because it was mostly a boys club. They're like, OK, find a fan club now. Find a, you know, find a fandom that has some women in it, you know, some way. And he's like, yes, absolutely. I will do that. And, and like, it might have been a boys club, but there were some women. It wasn't. Yes. It wasn't all men. But my not all men. Yes. <laughs> my point is there are ways on, on our tiny level to at least try to. Making a difference is a, is a, is a harsh, like is is a That's little strong, strong, but not make it worse. And if maybe, and it's not insane to think this, with talking about some of this stuff to your listenership, they might say, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. I maybe would think about that." Honestly, on the Star Trek show, we talk a fair amount about how the female characters. You know, like I said, I try to pay, and it's because I'm I. I'm with you. I watch a lot of it with you. We talk about it. This is something that's on your mind and you put it on my mind and that's a good thing. I'm more aware of it. And I honestly expected some of our listeners to call us out. Why do you always talk about that? Nobody ever has. No, it's been actually the reception's been yeah. pretty good. And I come on the show uh, pretty frequently. Yeah, once and a season. Once a season. And I, I talk about, uh, I do talk about my sort of uh, feminist agenda. Um, but... <laughs> what they give me a hard time for is uh being a big Garrick fan. That's not like that's yeah. That's that's it. It's not like uh oh, she came on and was talking about this again, huh? Mhm. Mm no, and it's nice because I like I said, I expected a little pushback from fanboys or whatever, but m most of our m most of our uh, input has been positive anyway, like our feedback has been positive, which is nice, but specifically, you know, like we haven't heard anything bad about that, which is good. But I also feel like, and here's where I sound like old man yells at cloud, <laughs> but I, I feel like my generation, the guys born in the 70s, raised in the 80s, we're in a unique period where 
everything was better than it's ever no. been before and no. ever will be again. No. You had you had Batman the animated series. We did not. And so Gargoyles. you win already. Gargoyles was pretty good. It hasn't aged as well as Batman. But my my point is, there was a brief period for basically around the time I my formative years where things got a little better for a bit. I'm not not the quality of movies. They've always been about the same or TV shows. And not general social conditions. No, no, no. I'm talking about specifically genre, even more specifically sci-fi representation in for uh, female characters we had ripley we had sarah connor less in the first terminator than in the second we had princess leia who thinking now everyone's oh princess leia whatever but really in 1977 when the two strapping male heroes came and rescued the princess and then were in way over their heads and she picked up the gun and rescued them from their botched rescue that was huge (laughs) that was like whoa She's pretty great. And the thing that I like most about those characters, and this is sort of leads us into another sort of problematic area, is that they were Mm well-rounded. Like, they weren't just, okay, Princess Leia is just a tough guy. She might as well be one of the dude characters, except that she's being played by a lady. No, she, she, I mean, first of all, she was a diplomat politician who was trying to fix things through different channels and not be violent, but when it came down to it, she would be violent, but then she had a love story with the pretty boy. Like, she had, you know. And it was also a story of a family reunion and reforging ties, those well, male, very it close became, ties. It, it became about that in the third movie, yeah. but it was, like, for the most part, it wasn't really about that. No, but they, she had different stuff going on. Yeah. And it's the same with Ripley. Ripley is so fabulous. Yeah. In the first Alien movie, she starts out as just one of the crew she's not like the tough chick she's no. just and she's not like weaker than the other crew members no she you're just... presented with how however many guys there are on the crew at the beginning five or six guys and you kind of figure out it's a horror movie okay one of these is gonna live you don't think it's necessarily gonna be her no and she has things that she's good at and things that she's bad at she's just like a regular person yeah and then in the second movie she is like super strong and kick-ass because she's been through this before she knows what to expect yeah and but at that point, she still she doesn't become sort of just a sterile action hero either. She, uh, for like again, she's got some maternal instincts where she's uh connects with Newt. Yeah, and so th- so she's got that. And then in the third movie, it's sort of a more bleak, contemplative thing where she's done everything she can do, and it just it doesn't matter. Right. It's just, and she's just exhausted, and she goes through it because she got to she's a hero she can't stop but she realizes it's all sort of like pointless and sad and it's oh she's so good yeah no and i give particularly james cameron a lot of credit for uh ripley in the second aliens movie and sarah connor in the second terminator movie where he made both of these characters with strong sort of maternal protective instincts but at the same time they that was not all that they were no there's a lot more going on there and i love um what happens uh, to her in the second movie where she lose, basically loses her mind. Like she's, the, she's uh, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, yes. yeah. 
she's she's gone crazy like the if everything that happened to her in the first movie and in the first movie she was kind of sort of a ditzy yeah whatever character and then which was fine and then in well the, again that was i mean first of all that was basically a low budget movie that yeah. was made on almost no money and also it was more horror like there were sci-fi elements but it, it was mostly a chase it, movie it wasn't a complicated movie like no and, but I it mean, was and arnold, what i'm saying is not arnold but uh the the, the well i don't know who's even the main guy in that one uh the uh, dude who ends up being john connor's yeah, dad yeah the, the, Michael I Bean. Know. I don't remember the character's Bland name guy. offhand, but uh, he was fine. But, yeah, but my point is, regular girl in normal life gets pulled out and is chased by monster. Like, yeah. that's the whole story. But in the second one, um, she's just messed up, and she's yeah. strong and protective, but she's also clearly insane. It, it's, yeah. it's driven her off the deep well, end. Well, we pick up with John rescuing her from an asylum. But they put her in the asylum because of all of the crazy stuff she believed. Yeah. But she, it doesn't matter. Even if they believed all that stuff, she still would be kind of nutty. Yeah. No, she's got like crazy survivalist leanings and like she's training her kid to be, a, be because she knows her kid's one day going to be a military leader that she's training him to, you know. But I'm saying like, because I had some of this growing up, I'm not saying everything was perfect, but I'm saying, where are those characters now? Well, that's sort of when we're talking about well-rounded characters. Now, first off, there aren't very many uh, sort of lady action hero types, but the ones that you do get, they sort of tend to either be just kind of sexy and they also happen to be fighters and that's it, like they're sexy mm -hmm. women who are also fighters, or they tend to be um, characters that are just like the their male uh, counterparts, which... Uh, it's, I mean, that's not... If you're doing a big, splody action movie where it's just a B-movie and there's no real characterization, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, but you, you have basically Jill Jack instead of Jack Jack. Right. Um, and uh, there's, there's not much there. And if that was part of sort of the cornucopia of characters, that'd be fine. Whatever. Well, like in Aliens, yeah. you had Ripley, who was more well-rounded, and then you had Vasquez, who was just the tough Marine who happened yeah. to be a chick. Like, there wasn't really much to her. And Didn't again, matter. it's fine. To, to but... me, that's the way you do it. You have a few, then you can cover the range. No, uh, no, 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 no. One is too many. Uh huh. And this uh, kind of brings me to something that we that I joke about uh, frequently. That when they were talking about the Wonder Woman movie, what and, Wonder Woman? Oh, movie? exactly, the Wonder Woman movie that didn't happen. A major reason that they cited for not doing it was because Wonder Woman's too confusing. Well, I don't know that the studio ever said that. Uh, Fanboys said that a lot. Like, no, oh, it's... it's too too confusing, too confusing. And so now, whenever anything seems like uh, we're not going to do that because there's women in it. Uh, it's too confusing. It's too confusing. See, I think what the, what that meant was Wonder Woman's background is sort of pseudo myth, and it's changed a million times. And the thing is, now they've made a movie about Thor, who's exactly the same, yeah, and they Thor made that great. Is, Thor so, is a total mess. But yeah, the movie was really. They good. They streamlined it. They picked the best stuff, and they made it good. And you could do the same with Wonder Woman. It's not hard. The Avengers, all of those guys doing yeah. all that different stuff, that is confusing. That is confusing. But. They all but have different... Uh, Iron Man and Thor in the same movie? Yeah. That's confusing. Yeah, because one was a straight-up superhero who went through some bad stuff, found some things, got some powers, and started fighting evil. Another is a guy from a whole other planet who had got magic powers. And that may or may not have magic. It might well, be Well, it's crazy. advanced science that's magic. And they may or may not be our gods, or they might have our gods might have been based on them. No, who they, knows? Covered, they covered what that means, but I'm saying they, they, they fixed it. They They're made it all work. They're from space Egypt. No. They're from space Norway. But... 
it all worked. You can make it work, and the fact that they ha- they won't do that with Wonder Woman. Well, I don't know about won't, but haven't. Haven't. There's, there's are very a, reluctant to. There's a movie in development now, but unfortunately the team that's involved with most of the DC stuff right now is not that great in my opinion. In any case, most like we we should say we don't see a ton of current movies, neither of us. We mm-hmm. we are big TV people. We love sort of serialized episodic television. And, and most of the movies I watch are like black and white subtitles. Well, yeah, movies. what I'm saying is between the two of us we did not see the top 10 popcorn movies last year nor did we probably see the top 10 oscar contenders last year no probably not like we're just not big movie people we like like i prefer episodic stuff stuff that plays out longer that you know just like i like that kind of stuff that that form really fascinates me and i kind of wanted to go over some stuff we've been watching and how it how it represents women so like i put together a list of because we watched like like, I went through the list of the biggest shows of 2014, like the most successful, the most popular, the most award-winning, and we watched most of them. Yeah, and you, I think you can do more character-wise uh, in a longer form yeah. than you can do with... Um, yeah, you can with... focus on an ensemble. You don't have to just say, you know, get in the main character's head, and also there's some peripheral guys. Yeah, and movies, I mean, you know, in, in two hours, there's... I'm not saying it can't be experimental, because it absolutely can be, but it's more likely to be sort of the formula. For a mainstream movie, you're, you're better sticking to the formula. Yeah, because you can end up with a mess. Right. Also, the, you know, the people who sign off on the money are probably going to be more likely to do it if they can see the clear arc and the blah, blah, blah. But TV can get away with more yes. tangential stuff. Yes. But like I say, I wanted to kind of go over a few things. I, movie-wise, we did see Guardians not too long ago, Guardians of the Galaxy, which you had some issues with. Guardians, I mean, I enjoyed. I'm not going to say it didn't make me laugh because it absolutely did. No, and... but on the level we're talking about. Yeah, and I mean, you know... Groot was great and Rocket yeah. Raccoon was great and like it was funny and it would it looked good and I liked the alien design but uh, it did this trope where first off there was hardly any there's hardly any chicks in it it was there were two yeah three three Seth oh right Clint yeah. Close was yeah. was pretty great yeah. actually but um there was hardly any women in it and it was a big cast yeah. like really really big now again they're drawing on source material that doesn't right. have a ton of you know Time to work with. Put some women in the police force. Yeah, I know. Like the guys who it doesn't matter. Yeah, who John they are C. Anyway. Riley and, and, and Peter uh, Serafinicolas yeah. could have been. And I like both those guys. Yeah, me too. But, well, I don't like John C. Riley, but you know. But make one of those. It doesn't hurt anything to yeah. do that. Um, they and did make their boss a chick, though. So that's they did, something. and I, I, Glenn Close was good. Yeah, I mean Glenn Close is good. Yeah, but you know. But um, the main the main girl char- uh, character in that was basically like a mom who told, now you boys, you stop doing what you're doing and come do your chores. And that was the entire point of her was to just. Oh, no, them, she was also the love interest. Oh, for... right. And he said he she he loved her because she reminded him of his mother. Yeah, it was a little weird. Actually said that. Yep. You know, when Buster Bluth says it, it's funny. When uh, when Peter Quill says it, not so funny. And then we had um, a, a secondary um, char- secondary villain who was sort of a sister character to the main chick. Yeah. But instead of making her the main villain and have it be about sisters who used to respect each other and work together and now are at odds, mm-hmm. and they had the character in there. Yeah. There was no reason they couldn't do that. Instead, they got some dude who nobody cares about and has no connection to anyone, and he's just like a bad guy, and he's just evil. I also feel like Karen Gillan was wasted in that because, I mean, 
One, she has a very distinctive voice slash accent, which she disguised. Two, she has a very distinctive look, which she disguised. Her alien design was cool. It was, but that could have been her stunt double, and we wouldn't have noticed because she was so not her on every level. And there wasn't a lot of acting involved because it's an action movie, and she was an evil person, and she was just going, grr. But I mean, I'm not super familiar with the the, the Marvel space stuff. Oh, I mean, I, I know Thanos Quest and like a little bit, but a lot of that's a bit yeah, it's not really my cup of tea. So maybe the boring guy who is the lead villain is super important, and the people who are really into that are like, yes, this is the best day ever. But to me, it seemed like from a storytelling point of view, it made way more sense to yeah. have two sisters fighting across the galaxy. I don't know. I feel like they had a good villain in Thanos and they didn't even like he's just hanging out in the background. <laughs> it's that it's that stupid set it up for the sequel thing yeah. that movies do. Like, no, you got the main guy. Why are we watching this like why aren't we watching the main boss? Why are we watching the, the secondary guy like right now? You have to fight boring. him first. But that's not in a whole movie. That's boring. <laughs> like that was the least interesting villain, but that and that's not what we're here to talk no. about. In any case, that's really the only big movie we saw last year and you had some issues with. Well, that is a standard character type of like the woman who like the boys are joking around with each other and the woman's like rolling her eyes and like, see what I deal with. And uh, women can like fun. Women enjoy things and playing around. I I will freely cop to the fact that I've written characters like that before. I straight up have. And I was not aware that it was a trope until relatively recently. It's like it's an easy in where you want your lady character to be competent. But just because you're competent doesn't mean you don't play along. Well, you you give like what I would do, and I'm. It's not like I've written anything that's sold or anything. I just wrote some comics and some sketches and some radio plays. But like I would write two idiots, and then I would write someone to come in that say you're idiots, and I would make that a woman because that then I get the strong woman sorted out. Here's someone who knows more than the two main people. Like, and now I can see that that's kind of you know yeah lazy. joyless mom. But Yay. but from my way of thinking, I'm trying to create a character who's better than the main ones, and I made that a woman. You know, like that's that's something, right? Mm. It, it's I, I see it a lot now, and when that's the only again, if and it's if the you, only one, if yes. it's the only one, when you if you got your joyless mom, that's fine. Again, these are we have a wide range of characters, but in a movie where there are three women, and one of them is the joyless mom. And the other one's the bad guy, and the other one's barely in it? No, I, I, I'll grant you that. And also, that's all there was to her. Yeah. But I would also counter with something I just thought of, which is Liz Lemon was kind of the joyless mom. She, Everyone she else around her was insane, and she was always rolling her eyes and telling them to get back to work. But she also did goofy stuff as she well. She had her own separate things, yes. Yeah. But I'm saying there's ways to do that where it works on a couple of levels. And again, that cast had a bunch of different women in it. Yeah, I mean, you had you had Jenna, obviously, and then you had, uh, what was her name, Cherie on the writing staff, and then you had a bunch of people coming then, and going in the secondary yeah, then, cast. Yeah, like um, uh, Jack Donaghy's girlfriend. And, and Jack Donaghy's mother. girlfriend's mom. And Jack yeah. Donaghy's mother. Like, there, was, there yeah. were plenty of, you know, yeah. In any case, mostly what we watch is TV, like I said, and I wanted to go over some stuff we'd, we'd watched and kind of kind of grade it, sort of. The, the biggest, the, the, the best thing I watched last year by far, and I think you'll agree with me, was Fargo. Oh, so good. And the reason is, one of the reasons, there were a lot of things. It, it, was, it operated on levels that I really enjoyed. But it took, there's a, there's a standard, it's become a bit of a cliche now. They still do great things with it. But a standard kind of show that is about a middle-aged white guy 
having a crisis and doing awful things. It's He's been pushed too far. Not even pushed too far, but like the Sopranos started that. It's That's not the first one, but that's the first one in this wave of the way they're doing it now. And you're not supposed to exactly identify with the, no not at the, all the main guy because he's kind of evil but people do anyway but that's what that's what i'm getting at is is these shows are made to make you think they're anti-heroes and really they're just awful but somehow you still like them uh don draper from Mad Men is another one walter white from breaking bad is another one and so you think that lester nygaard from fargo is going to be oh okay we're cheering for this awful middle-aged white guy who's been pushed too far and then the show does this great thing where you realize he's just an awful, awful person. No, he's the bad guy. And this this tiny little deputy who just started being a cop not too long ago and is the only smart person in the entire town is going to fucking nail him because she's the only one who knows. Well, I thought when we first started it, too, because she's got a boss, and yeah. um, I thought that he was going to be the one... They tricked us. They, uh, they did they that totally, on purpose. Yeah, I thought he was going to be the one who was going to uh, solve the crime, and she was going to help him, and it was going to be all right, whatever. But it totally wasn't. It became her story right. about that. No, and they did that on purpose. It was sort of like the psycho thing. Yeah. Where you, the first act is like, oh, we're following this character, and then and, stuff happens, and you're like, whoa, no, we're not. And I liked that guy pretty good, actually. Like They, uh, they set him up, and I was like, yeah, he, I don't mind. Careful with spoilers, yeah. specific spoilers. Yeah. He ends up not being the main character. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, we end up following her, and she is amazing. And the thing is, it could so easily have been the story about how nobody takes her seriously because she's a woman that almost never... I don't think it came up once. It didn't really. They didn't uh, take her seriously because she was young. She was a junior officer. She yeah. didn't have any experience. And because it was like they were in sleepy, rural, small town Minnesota, and they just didn't take... Like, everything is good old boy, and everybody went to high school with each other, and, you know. And the uh, no one wanted to think that a bad thing was happening in the town. They wanted to think, oh, right. it was just drifters or whatever who did this. It couldn't have been one of our Oh, no, guys. not the guy I went to school with. Yeah. There's no way. He's but, a good guy. But she is, like, the sort of the Hitchcock, like, you know, one tiny person against the entire system character that charges uphill and, and, and does good, and, and it was fantastic. And again, super well-rounded. There was a lot to her. Yeah. Um, she was willing to do, like, she was willing to be, like, in a violent chase scene kind of thing, but that wasn't yeah. that she did that, and she was intelligent, and she was dogged and persistent and willing to do the research and take the time to do what she needed to do. And they did such a good job of setting that up that you even let down your, oh, I hope she doesn't fall in love with this character defense. Yeah. So that when that finally happened, you're like, no, that's all right. Because normally it's like, oh, good. Of now course there's they another fell guy. in love. Now they're in love. Whatever. But you did, you, like, you're the last person to buy into that. I usually buy into it a little easier, but you're just like, no. And then when it happened, you're like, no, that's cool. She's she's proven herself so much that, yeah, maybe she deserves a little happiness in her life. Yeah, and it, it, when she did fall in love, it, that didn't become everything in no, her life. Not at all. She wasn't just like, oh, well, now I'm in love and now I'm someone's girlfriend and that's it. No. And I think that's one of the reasons I dislike that so much is because you take a character and you turn her into someone's girlfriend and that's all she is. Right. And that should not be a defining characteristic for anyone. Like, But it is. The person they're romantically linked to. But yeah. Um, and another thing, again, without spoiling specifics, at the end, they do another trope reversal where they take a thing that usually happens to a woman 
usually happens to a weak woman and they instead took a weak man and it happened to him and it yep. was at first i was kind of annoyed because it it took away a, a win from our main character but then it was like no i i, I get it the, you explain it to me like no typically this is where sort of the the victimized girl gets one in and instead it was yeah the it's kind of a guy. horror movie thing yeah. like where and it was like she's oh. been she's been beaten up and thrown around the whole time and she finally gets to kill the monster at the very end right she gets the one punch yeah but really everyone else did all the work and so in that regard it was like okay they, they're continuing to sort of subvert the formula and and you know fuck with our expectations they played around with our expectations a lot really yeah. successfully because On... i kept thinking oh well it's gonna be about this i know what's happening here blah, 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 yeah. and totally didn't nope and again, there was never a point. I think there might have been one point where the FBI guys kind of rolled their eyes because she was a girl, but it was mostly because she was young and because nobody wanted to believe her. And because the things she was saying, they, they didn't want to believe her, and it maybe didn't seem like as likely. Well, yeah, to them. it was all contrived and ridiculous yeah. because it was because it was a Cohen Brothers thing. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't done by the Cohen Brothers, but it was Cohen-y. It was in the style of the yeah. Cohen Brothers. But anyway, I would say that gets like top marks as far it was as like really, really good. She was just amazing, and I, I like, I, I expect great things out of her. They should give her future. all the prizes. Yes, absolutely. Um, on on the comedy front, uh, there's of course Parks and Rec. I love Parks and Rec; it's like my favorite thing. Which you have called out as like the best feminist show that is just blatantly feminist. It's. I wish that there was more stuff that could say I am a feminist show and have people not just sort of groan and roll their eyes. Yeah. But this is a feminist show. It portrays feminism in a positive light it's got tons of great female characters who are all different from each other mm -hmm. and want different things and you've got leslie nope who's fabulous well amy poehler's fantastic on her she own is. but the character specifically her office is full of pictures of hillary clinton and michelle obama and like ruth bader ginsburg and just like all these powerful women who she you know honors and respects and wants to be like and, and she's a powerhouse. Yeah, she's fantastic. And but yeah, like you say, it's not just her. You you got April. You got um, Donna. You got um... and you have her mentoring other people, including young women, which is right. and it's it's a good thing. It's seen to be a good thing. And not she, like the character specifically talks about that yeah. sometimes. But it's not all about like it's just about a well-rounded ensemble that happens to have elements of that. It doesn't overpower you with here's our agenda. No, but it's in there, and it's not, like, hiding it. Like, no. it's not saying, oh, no, look at this thing about other things. Also, there's some feminism. Well, that's, we were talking about this the other day. Like, like the fact that Parks and 30 Rock both were not huge hits, but big enough to be on until they wanted to stop. Yeah. And they both had, you know, strong women in the front of them driving a show with lots of positive messages and stuff and they're still funny like there's the i what specifically what i know what i focus on is comedy and there's that that ever pervasive oh women aren't funny which is bullshit Ugh. but it's nice to get some solid examples out there to throw in people's faces to say oh yeah what about 30 rock what about parks and rec what about veep another great show from last year with a super funny woman at the center of it and that was, and it's a completely different type of show because in Veep, our main character is such a slime. Well, that, that she's like the opposite of of, of Leslie Nope, like yeah, entirely she is. the the polar she's opposite. Self serving yes. and like completely self involved, and she doesn't care about anybody else, and she'd step over your corpse to get what she wanted. Yeah. 
oh she's so funny yeah no and and it's great to see like i know you weren't a fan of seinfeld but it, but even still that show ended a long time ago it's nice to see julia Louis dreyfus oh she's so good get something that focuses on her like not just part of an ensemble that she's i don't know probably in her 50s now and starring and and doing that you know like just just kicking ass is good like that's that's hard for anybody of any like it was is the same with like brian cranston like he's 50 or something and like he's the lead in a show and everyone's like well your career's supposed to be over now like, yeah now you get to play like grandpa dad yeah now you're character actor forever you're yeah. not a lead unless you were a lead your whole life you don't suddenly get to be a lead at 50 and so it's nice to see you know like a woman of that age like still be able to to kick ass and be super funny that show you know really like the first season was okay but i thought it got really really good and um Amy Poehler and uh, Tina Fey aren't just sort of in it. They're also involved in the creation of the show and the characters and the writing. And I don't know about uh, Dreyfus if, if she's... Uh, I don't think so. I, I think, think, so. That's, I think that show's run by Armando Anucci, yeah. the guy who did uh, The Thick of It in, yeah. in Britain. But, uh, but I mean, I do know that the atmosphere on those sets is largely improvisational. So that character is yeah. more hers than than it would be on a scripted show. But... So, yeah. So, okay. What else? Um, well, there's Game of Thrones, which I would say, like, does a pretty decent job, more in the books, yeah. of presenting lots of different kinds of women. The show has taken some liberties that I wish it hadn't. Yeah, and, and some of it's just because you're cutting down something um, that's so big to make it shorter, even though the show is, like, I mean, it's a, it's a series, right. but it's still shorter, so you lose some of the complexities, but some of the stuff they've chosen to do, and I, I don't want to be, I want to be clear on this, I enjoy the show, like, I watch yeah. it, I'm not just like, oh, throw this in the garbage, but there's some stuff where I'm like, uh, this kind of makes me uncomfortable, like, for instance, uh, Daenerys' relationship with Drogo. Mm -hmm. What happens in the book is she's, you know, a beautiful princess type, and he's like a barbarian type. And in the books, he kind of wins her over. In the um, in the show, they have um, there's a sex scene before they barely know each other at all, and it's very uh, it feels forced, and she kind of comes around on him afterwards, yeah. which is. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. No, and there's been, like, without spoiling specifics, there was rape where there was not rape. Yeah, they've added some rape because what thing, what uh, Which TV adds, needs is more rape. Well, not just that, but it adds a whole weird new aspect to a relationship that, like, was already sort of faltering, but now there's a whole new element to it that was not there, and you can't just, like continue to deal with each other on certain levels once that happens that changes stuff you know like like they've they've i don't know why they made that choice um but but generally speaking giving more credit to martin than to the showrunner right. of game of thrones he does a really good job of presenting a wide spectrum you have your evil queen you have your righteous princess you have your ditzy like everything's gonna be fine and my princess my prince is gonna come get right. me and nothing bad's ever going to happen then you have the the her sister who like wants to just fight and and avenge her family and like like you have a lot of different strong and not so strong female presences there and there's just a lot of women characters yeah i mean it's it. a huge ensemble and it's yeah. almost 50 50 yeah it's not like it might be 50 50 it's not like in every sort of 
set of characters. There's one token woman. No, there's there's tons of women in that in yeah. that show. And I like that because I like that. And and on that show again, they've made some questionable choices, but overall, the acting has been super strong. Like the casting has been great. Like I like everyone who's on it. And I recently um, kind of went on a George R. R. Martin binge because I did enjoy the books and some of his um, some of his earlier stuff. I was sort of, it was sort of like angry, not angry teenager, but angry, you know, young man stuff. Why doesn't she like me? Yeah. Uh, no one will ever love her the way that I love her. I've been and friend zoned. I, and I was reading that like, ooh. I thought we were friends, George R. R. Uh-huh. Martin. I guess we're not friends. <laughs> and then I read further on along, because I started at his first works and went further on. And you yeah. could tell him sort of growing up where he started making characters like that. And it was a joke. Like, right. where it's like, geez, man, you're an idiot. Yep. So it, I, like, it, was, it was nice to see that. And his progression in writing women characters was pretty, uh, pretty mm-hmm. interesting, actually. No, I, in general, like, the characters that he's created and and so that show gets you know <laughs> gets mixed reviews based on you know some things it does right from the books and some questionable choices it makes in the tv adaptation i would say um but then we get into some shows that you're more familiar with than i and for, for reasons that you're not super happy with uh there's doctor who i'm a i'm like a long time doctor who oh, yeah like from the old school yeah like i watched the black and white ones and the tom mm-hmm. baker ones and stuff when i was a kid and so when they rebooted i was pretty i was pretty excited and i enjoyed yeah. the show but some of the moffat stuff has been ugh, well he's difficult. the current showrunner yeah he's uh steve moffat's the current showrunner and oh man <laughs> just well, a lot what? of what well there's a lot of um women who the entire point of them is just to go oh doctor and then there's other ones who are just sort of hat racks to go along with him we've had some scolds no fun mothers and it, oh, it's just been it's been kind of rough <laughs> i like I, I know that the show the, the thing that i like about doctor who is that the show changes yeah. every once in a while where you get the um the cast changes and the showrunner changes and so i'm 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 sticking with it because there's still some stuff I like and I I enjoy some of the actors, but it it's it's not great. It's not great. I've heard, and again, I don't watch it enough. Like to me, that show should well, you be got more. Bored. I, that show should be more about crazy pulp action and less about everyone crying. That's my own personal <laughs> thing. Some people love the crying, but I, it's not really my thing. Um, when they did like dinosaurs on a spaceship, I thought that was great. That's the goofy shit that Doctor Who should be doing. There should be umbrella aliens from the umbrella stand planet or just like whatever goofy bullshit they happen to think of this week like don't don't try to give it a running story because it doesn't really make sense in the end and don't make everyone tragic and crying and uh, just i don't know i like it when it's more fun but that's that's my own personal taste i know the show is doing well so fine but i also know that i don't know people have made the point that most of the companions have existed to be in love with the doctor. Yeah. And that's why they liked the one companion that didn't, but I found her to be terrible. So I don't know. I don't know. The newest, the newest companion. Oh, I'm talking uh, about Donna. I know, but I'm, I'm tight. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Uh, the newest companion they've got, Clara is, and it's not the actor's fault because they've had her play different characters who I really, really enjoyed. So mm-hmm. it's not the actor at all. Uh, it's the writing where they've just kind of made her, kind of bland and yeah. to follow the doctor around and just hang out i guess but i don't know it's just yeah 
I don't know. I'm really surprised just like knowing a bit about the, the whole history of the show that there's all only female companions. There's a couple of guys who uh, hung around, but usually it would be there'd be a guy. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying back in the day there were both. And now since the reboot, there's been one or two transient guys for an episode or two, but it's pretty much always a chick. And it's kind of a surprise that they don't mix it up. They don't try different stuff. They don't, you know, like it's they seem to be just like older dude, younger woman of varying levels of affection for the doctor. And she's in love with her dad. Probably, yes. Yeah. Or her grandfather. Yeah, or in this case. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then there's Walking Dead, which you had some serious issues oh, with. <laughs> Walking Dead is not good. Okay. I saw the first series, which I really, really enjoyed. That first, what is it, like six episode run yeah. with uh, Frank Darabont as the, yeah, that was some of the best, like, and I'm not a huge horror fan. That was some of the best TV I'd seen. But yeah, after that, it kind of... Oh, and the first episode yeah. of the of Walking Dead is one of the better TV episodes I've ever seen. It, yeah. was, it was beautiful, and it encapsulated a lot of different ideas, all in a really concise way that didn't feel like exposition dump. Yeah, pilots and, have, to, have yeah. to get a lot done. And it got a lot done without being boring like yeah. i wasn't just like ah, blah, blah, i get to the next episode right um the the acting was good and the script was good and it was just it really took the grotesque and the beautiful and shoved it together and all oh, so good yeah but but what the show's become is not oh, what that was is definitely changed they've they changed showrunners i think twice now mm. um in the series and uh first off there's a whole lot of rape so get ready for that. Um, and not only just that, but the rape stories tend to be about how they affect the boyfriend of the girl who gets assaulted. <sighs> so, yeah. and she's sad because what happened to her made him sad. Yeah. Like that's what that. Well, there's a bit of that. I didn't specifically want to talk about Downton, but there's a bit of that on Downton where it's like, yeah. Ugh. Where that's like really that shows trashy and terrible, and I don't expect it to be a paragon of anything, but that was particularly bad. And you can see that they're clearly just throwing it in there to add like another layer of interest, I guess. Um, They take the female characters who don't want to fall into the role of wife and mother, and just punish them for it. Just the whole way through. What about the trick with the swords? Um, she shows up and then almost immediately is slapped down and has to do whatever the oh. white, uh, the white dude running things, Jack Johnson, John Jackson, I don't know. um, says, and if she doesn't do what he says, she's going to get kicked out of the group where she'll die alone. Right. So she falls in line pretty quick. Okay. Well, um, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So it's all, yeah. I, I honestly, I st- I gave up. It was it was too much for me. Yeah, it was too much for me. Well, but I mean, overall, we watched some stuff where you know they're they're doing okay. That one not so much, but <laughs> but we we do watch some things where you know they're doing it the right way. So no, and there's good. it's been a it's been a good time for well, it's a good for time TV. for TV anyway. Yeah. Just as a as a writer, as an aspiring writer, as a as a writer, you know, I like to see just this kind of storytelling really turn into a, like it's become a whole new thing in the last. 15 years like starting with shows like Buffy or the Sopranos where like hey we can tell each season is like a book each episode is a chapter of that book 
and it gives you, you know. so much more time to develop the characters and tell the story you want to tell. Yeah. And you can have like red herring type things happen in the story where you're you realize like it's in a movie. Um, you don't have time. Yeah. You don't have time. And if you put that in there, people are like, ah, I know that's not real because it's not close enough to the end of the movie. Right. But you can you can play yeah, with a lot of threads and, and yeah. Yeah. And uh, absolutely different characters and multiple villains and not oh, it's really good. No, we're we're living in a great time. And I think that the technology happened at the right time, mm-hmm. too, because now you can binge watch, which is a big thing for people. You go on Netflix and you just waste a day and you watch all season of whatever. And, you know, and for serialization, fantastic. that's great because yeah. you people will remember what happened last week. You don't have to remind them because they just watched it like a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. Actually, there was one more show on the list that I wanted to talk about real quick, which <laughs> was Mad Men. Which oh, yeah. we early on both hit on this theory that that show is way more about the women. Like, yeah, Don Draper is ostensibly the main guy, but it's really about what happens to Peggy and what happens to um, Christina Hendricks' character, whose name I can't think of, and um, uh, Don Draper's daughter. Like, all these different women coming up through the 60s. And Betty. And, and Betty, yeah. to some extent, but she's become more marginalized. Yeah. It, like, it's way more about... Uh, Sally. About Sally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just seeing different aspects of like, like you watch Peggy and you see her at the bottom clawing her way to the top, just through sheer talent and and force of personality and how hard it was. And and you realize it's way more about her. Well, Don doesn't really change. He doesn't really have... Well, he's one of those... Yeah. Tony Soprano type characters who doesn't change. No, he's the same guy from, so he doesn't really have an arc. Right. And as the show goes on, he's sort of the sad hat rack that other people do stuff around. handsome hat rack. Yes. Hat rack, but yes. And sad. Yes. Um, And his inability to change is got that sort of Shakespearean tragedy uh, thing about it where he's not going to. Right. And so. No, the the, audience sees his tragic flaw in act one and you just watch it unravel him over the course of the the story yeah and it's it's really a, more about what how he affects the women in his life yeah and how the women in his life change yeah and how the times they change with the times or or don't change with the times right and we see how that affects different women who yeah. are willing to and some who are not and i think the show's done an excellent job of that and unless they suddenly stumble in their last run of episodes i think they will have done a great job of of sort of stealth telling a story of you know a bunch of women and how they like got through the 60s basically and yeah. i think, think that's cool um but the last thing i kind of wanted to talk about was this thing that you and i wrote and produced together uh let's gaze at our own navels and talk about how great we are yes let's do that yeah uh we we wrote uh about two years ago well not quite two years ago just about uh wrote and produced a uh radio play starring a girl reporter type character lois lane kind of thing yeah yeah um it's set in the 30s and we were very happy with it and uh for for a few different reasons we we wanted to come back to it but we had some other stuff going on i had a few other projects i hit some some depression issues blah 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 but we we came back to it and did another one just a few weeks ago uh with the same character um you guys should all go listen to that right now we'll, we'll get there pause this yes go listen to that yes it's called Kill the Front Page. You can get to it on sarcasticvoyage.com. Um, but we we were reluctant to write anything together for a very long time. Because we were worried we would get divorced. Yes. Because this is a very stable relationship. We're, we're very happy together. We fight very little. We, we know 
each other's boundaries. Like, okay, don't cross this line. Don't cross that. Like, just, I'm going to stay out of this and everything will be fine. And we both have those. And, and we're both pretty, um, we both have pretty strong views about things. Yes. And we were concerned if we both were involved in a passionate that we were, a project that we were passionate about, um, that we, it would just be like clash, 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 clash. Yeah. And, uh, if we were in a project where one of us wasn't clearly like, okay, you are the director of this project, I will follow your lead. Right. Um, which is kind of normally how we, we do stuff. If we're doing a photography thing, you will do what I say. And if we're doing a uh, a comedy production, I'll pretty much do uh, like follow your lead on that. That's true. And on this, we were both sort of equal creative forces. And so... Yeah, concerned. we wrote more yeah. or less 50% of the script yeah. each, and we both pretty much directed the, the yeah. actors the same, and like uh, with the added thing that you took over the lead role. The uh, original performer was not able to return, so we had you do it. And so that was know. that was also a, sort of a weird transition because um, taking over the role, the person who did it before did such a good job and really sort of made the character their own, um, doing it like taking over at that point was sort of was, it was a little um it was a little intimidating mm -hmm. to take over to take well, over plus i mean let's so let's be honest you're not an actor i'm not i'm really not like you did a fantastic job in this you wrote this character so you had a pretty good idea of what she was and also we're you know we, we were writing to your strengths knowing you were going to play it so we didn't give you a lot of things yeah that no you it was <laughs> weren't able to do it's a loud character who doesn't have to emote it was fine <laughs> but i think you have greater range than that what, I, what i'm saying is it's not like you're you know, Glenn Close stepping in from Meryl Street or uh, yeah. something. Like there's 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 other layers to this. But my my point is you did a fantastic job. And that that added to the the what could have been a mess because I didn't write it that way. Why are you playing it that way? You know Shut but, up, I'll do what I want. <laughs> yeah. I wrote it too. This is my line and this is the way it's meant to be written. But we never like not even it once It didn't really come up. No. A couple of times it would be like, I want to do it this way. Well I want to do it this way. Mm, eh. Okay. No, we, I mean, we were able to make some compromises, uh, particularly in the first one. Um, when mm. we were working on that, we had a few uh, sort of disagreements about what different characters should be. Well, that's more establishing the tone because yeah. we hadn't done it. Coming back was a lot easier because we already writing knew the, the second world we were one playing was way in. easier writing the first well, one. Well, in some ways. In some ways, it was a lot harder because we wanted to do that sequel thing where you top, you know. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to tell the same story a second time. I wanted to do, like, a good sequel will elevate the first one and take uh, escalate, I mean, and take everything a bit further and put the character in more danger and, and challenge the things you accept that is true in the first one and all that. And I wanted to do a lot of that, but in any case, we did a, a lot of research, which we, just essentially means lying around and watching TV, but we watched hard. a lot of good stuff. Writing's yeah. hard. It really is. But I mean, we really like immersed ourselves in like, in particular, there's a series of uh, movies, B movies they made in the thirties called Torchy Blaine. So good. Surprisingly good. Like, you think, oh, God, the 30s. Like, this isn't going to be that great. Yeah, it's that was back before comedy had been invented. Yeah, and, and there's one called Torchy Blaine Goes to Chinatown, and we're oh, like, oh, God. Oh, no, I don't want to go to Ch to Chinatown in the 30s. No, and there was surprisingly little racism in that one or in anything else. There was some racism in the overall series, but it was way less than I thought. It was very tiny. It didn't come up very often. I wasn't just sitting there going, oh. No, more often than not, over. it was like, this is the 30s, and that dude just asked for some information from the black, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? The dude who takes your bags Bell at the hop. train. Yeah, no, 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 at the train station. Hmm. 
Porter. Porter. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, asked him a question, got an answer he wanted, gave him a huge tip. And that then would, went away. That, and then, yeah, like there was no like horrible racist voices. There was no treating him badly. They treated That's, him respectfully. But we were concerned, very concerned, yeah. particularly the Chinatown one. Yeah, uh. but they, they did okay. Um, and we also worried about sexism, which for the 30s, surprisingly I mean, forward thinking. There was certainly some, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't it wasn't painful to watch well this character is first of all one of the main sources of the fast talking girl reporter right trope if you want to call it that of that of that archetype the, the love sick nun yes the love sick nun that popular character that everyone knows <laughs> the love sick nun um she um but uh, uh, his girl friday is the main one which we watched religiously 50 times because it's so great oh it's so good like just in terms of funny dialogue and and pacing and that kind of thing and mean it's oh very it's mean. so mean a lot of reporters hanging out waiting for somebody to get hanged and not caring no they're they're fine with it that's part of the job whatever yep. can you move the hanging up so we can make them late late edition <laughs> nope <laughs> i divorced you because i didn't like you and now i'm not going to be with you anymore and that's the way it's going to be are we going to ruin the good name of divorce <laughs> like there, there's a lot of a lot of really cynical stuff in there which was great but uh torchy blaine helped sort of create the, the fast talking tough like like female reporter role and actually was one of the main inspirations for creating Lois Lane who because was later Lane Lane yeah well Lola Lane played her in a movie yeah. and and a few other things but the, the uh Siegel or Schuster one of the Superman mm -hmm. guys admitted yeah she's modeled after Torchy Blaine and like Lois Lane maybe not initially but in various incarnations has been one of those strong reporter characters that's been great and it's because reporter is one of the few are one of the few um fields where a woman could be treated just as seriously as a man and, and or if not just as seriously she could do it she was allowed to do it well right but i'm saying like there wasn't nearly the same struggle to be taken seriously as there was in many other fields and so that's why sort of reporter became kind of a thing like in storytelling um and we liked that and we figured we told the story once with this no nonsense, no joy, all about the work. Like we business, we, business, business. We we think you know Batman is yeah. is sort of the base. Like just drives all her friends away. Drives just just is about the work and nothing else. Drives all her friends away and doesn't particularly care that she drives all of her friends away. Right. And we said you know. Batman's good. You know what's also good when Batman teams up with Superman, who just wants to be his friend. <laughs> and Superman has friends and makes friends, and but has he really love. wants Batman to be his friend a lot. And he's got love interests and a whole life. Yeah, and we're talking very specifically about the Bruce Tim interpretation. Yes, the best one. Right. I mean, that's my definitive go-to for all like Yay. DC characters. But uh, anyway, we thought, why not bring a more colorful, flamboyant character into this world to one create an obstacle but to give her a friend and someone who is equally talented and yes. capable uh but is just a different character type who maybe this isn't her entire life isn't getting the story there are other things right so then it's no longer we're saying sure a woman can be successful if she doesn't have a life yeah this is like, it no that's not what we're saying we're saying that's what this character is and and by creating a second character who is more well-rounded and she has kids and she's she's a bit uh, polyamorous like there's there's a whole different she's flirty and fun and likes more things than just getting the story right 
And I, I liked that. And, I, and it's I, charming. Yeah. Whereas Mary has zero charm. Right. But Mary, you know, will just burst into a place. Yeah. Like we, and we had, like, I particularly had fun writing the last, like, in the third act where they sort of try each other's methods and one of them successfully, one of them not yeah. so successfully. We'll... That, that's one of the, I think, probably yeah. one of the strongest parts of the, uh, right. of the whole thing. Um, and we were dealing with, uh, uh, you mentioned her earlier, uh, Danielle. Gregoire, excuse me, Danielle K.L. Gregoire. There is another Danielle Gregoire. That's ah, why she goes by that name. This is the real one. Yes. No, no, just Danielle K.L. Gregoire, different one. Um, but uh, we were talking to her about what she would want to be, because she's always wanted to be in a radio play. And we're like, well, we can help with that. We like working with you as a voice talent. Let's let's do this. Ah, she's a good voice actor and like an exceptional human being. She runs, We, we I talked to her uh, in a previous episode of this podcast, she runs a, a an open mic that is way more welcoming than your traditional open mic and, and sort of female-centric. They take sort of the safe space thing and bring it to an open mic so that it's not like the worst experience you've ever had. Right. And it's not just for female comedians. It's for female, female-identifying and female-sympathetic. Like, I don't know their exact wording, but it's essentially like, don't come in and say, ugh, women, am I right? Right. Like, try to, you know, try to be respectful. But like she she does some great stuff and she has an eye on women's representation in the field of comedy. And that's that's important. And I'm glad someone's out there doing that. Um, but she was also great in this role. And it was fun, you know, working with her. And it's fun having the two of you play off each other. And, oh, she's really fun to work with. Yeah. And again, we wanted to have a character who could have fun. And, and, and she helped us you know. develop the character a little bit, too. Like Yeah, we uh, talked early on, like, here's some of our ideas. And she's like, well, I would like to add this and this and this. Like, yeah, we yeah that makes sense. That yeah. Happen. It was nice to have another set of eyes. Yeah. Um, and it, it was it was like it was a lot of fun. And I just like, again, I feel like I can't make a huge difference in the world. But if I'm going to put stuff out there, I can at least try to make it have a slant that isn't awful you know like <laughs> just add to the garbage pile yeah no i mean there were you know there was a torture scene but there's a torture scene where a woman's torturing a woman and then a woman rescues the woman so i was like well we almost we we, we, ran, we almost ran out of actors yep uh, for this one yeah we did yeah uh, we had to have someone double up actually because yeah. we <laughs> you know but it was uh it was it was a lot of fun and we hope you will check it out. You definitely should. You should go and do that. This whole discussion has just been a commercial. For, it is. Uh, it's a commercial. Kill the front page. This show was produced by me, Ron Algar Watt, and featured Amanda Smith. Amanda's photography, which didn't really come up in this talk, but is nonetheless quite amazing can be seen at giantblackalbatross.com. Bury the Lead and Kill the Front Page, the two radio plays we've co-produced, can be found at sarcasticvoyage.com. You can also find a number of sketches there that Amanda has written and performed in. To learn more about me, visit algar.com. That's double A-L-G-A-R.com. Thanks for listening.